The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. Right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as usual, AJ Applegarth. What is up, man? Not much, man. Not much. It's uh, another week. Week is uh, finally about over here, so get to do a pod and bring in the Friday feels, if you will. I think that's what the kids are saying these days. So probably yeah. not, but okay. You can you can make that up, but Whatever. that's cool. 40. I don't care what kids say. So. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right, man. Well, we got a good show for us tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking some ADP uh, risers and fallers, some spring training position battles, and some of the unfortunate injury news that has come out of late. Um, I'm getting creamed by it, it seems like, so that sucks. Um before we continue, though, I just want to remind everybody to subscribe to us and follow us wherever you watch or listen to us, YouTube, uh, Periscope, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. We're there, and uh, we appreciate your support. And, uh, yeah, let, let's rock and roll. Let's bring in our guest, man, a guy who I've been meaning to bring on for quite some time, uh, Mike Curlin. Uh, let's see if I'm pushing all the buttons today, so this is going to be bad. But, uh, Mike Curlin, what's up, man? What is going on, man? Thank you for having me. Always fun to be a part of a live stream slash podcast. And uh, again, appreciate you having me, man. Men. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long time coming to to get you on the show. We've done what we did PitchCon in 2020 together. We did Potapalooza this year together, and I was like, why haven't I had this fool on my show, man? This guy's funny as hell, and he knows all this stuff. And uh, I realized what happened last year was I meant to have you on after PitchCon, and then. Well, baseball didn't really happen, and we just transitioned right into football. So that was just unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, we remedied the situation this year, and uh, we will we will uh, make sure we, we keep it going. But let's have some fun, shall we? And uh, do our beer of the week. AJ, do the honors. Mm, beer. <laughs> we usually have a Homer Simpson thing. I, you guys probably don't know that, but uh, it's all good. Um, all right. So, Mike, you are the guest of honor. Go ahead and share with us what you are sipping on tonight. Oh, did we lose Mike? Oh, we might have lost Mike. Possibly. Ah, all right. We'll figure this out. AJ. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and start. Um, ah, there it goes. All right. Uh <laughs> I am drinking quite possibly one of my favorite beers uh, that is not really ever around in these parts, uh, but I found six, seven six packs of it um, at the beer store by my old house uh, down in Pasadena, Maryland. Shout out 177 Liquors, Mountain Road. Um, thanks for letting me clear out your stash of Three Floyd's Brewings, Zombie Dust, Undead Pale Ale. Mm. Cheers. All right. Good stuff, man. Um, so I'm oh, drinking a beer 
that I thought was fitting for the start of baseball season. It is a triple crossing green dreams. Uh, I figured, you know, okay. Okay. Green, you know, fields, things like that. Uh, power trip rebooting. So Mike, Mike will be back here in a second. So we'll just have to continue on here. Uh, but yeah, green dreams. Okay. Shotgun. Um, on three. One, oh, good God, two. no. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Didn't even give my review, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a good beer, man. I think I gave it a four on Untapped. It's a, it's pretty smooth. Uh, not a lot of bite to it. And uh, so I, I thoroughly enjoy this one. It's something I would easily get again. Um, before we move on, though, I also want to remind everybody – uh, go ahead and check out Underdog Fantasy. It's a it's a best ball fantasy site. They also do some odds pickings throughout the season. Uh, you can sign up using promo code Six Pack, all spelled out, one word. And as soon as uh, you know, if you're not happy with with your uh, results or or uh, you know experience throughout the first month, you will get your uh, you will get your money back. So go ahead and use that promo code. And I believe we've got Mike back. Hopefully, I don't well, know what happened. No, it's all good. It, it happens live streams. You know, we're we're good. Uh, you know, you just had to make my life super difficult with me <laughs> pushing all the buttons myself. But usually, Jeff's in here doing it. And I'm sitting here like, ah, what's going on? <laughs> like trying well, to get everything back to where it should be. You mentioned I, I like to bring the fun to the show. I like to also bring the chaos. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Um, so it's all good. Well, that's what happens uh, when you podcast from a jail cell, man. Look at this. You know? <laughs> This is what this is what happens in the middle of a. What is it? Uh, um, anyway, so what? Drinking uh, real quick. Drink my usual. Like my go-to is a funky Buddha. So it's a wheat beer. I really enjoy it. It's just good beer. I don't know. I got nothing else to add to it. I'm just gonna crack it up at this point. Catch up to what you guys are doing. I'm already on four. Well, just I mean, I wish. We, I, I wish. We, we didn't talk pre-gaming. I just came from a kid's yeah. birthday party. I had a little bit of bourbon before. This is like the after party slash relax time. All right. All right. <laughs> we uh we good to go we're, we're lubricated uh <laughs> i did my lot of sales on there oh well, you did i, I, I just <laughs> did so too <laughs> bad to deal with it <laughs> you can issue your apology uh on air later sure. all right man let's jump into it so first things first we're gonna jump into some bad news injury news and um First guy here, let's talk some Fernando Tatis. There's some, uh, he had an MRI on his shoulder. They apparently came back and said, you know, they're, they're a sigh of relief. Not a whole lot of other news about it, though. Like, I don't really know exactly what the, what it is. Maybe I just missed it. But, you know, what's the level of concern here with Tatis, especially how early he's going in drafts? I'm not sure there's much to be concerned about. I don't know. At the same time, it's weird. I look at Tatis and I'm like, oh, it's probably nothing. They've downplayed it a little bit. But then I start thinking about Arenado last year where he had the lingering shoulder that they eventually shut him down. Uh, I have no Tatis here. I just haven't drafted in a spot where I usually end up with him. So maybe that shows you I'm a little lower than consensus as it is on Tatis. So I don't know. Maybe my concern should be more. I'm just not as concerned as most people are. And a lot of it might be biased towards just not having him on my rosters. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I'm that concerned with him. Honestly, uh, I, I haven't drafted him. I also, also haven't had a top, you know, 10 pick in any of my drafts. So (laughs) there, there, there it goes. So I'm never going to get him. Yeah. I, uh, I've only done one draft so far, and my first pick was a keeper pick, so I 
definitely didn't get him. And I'm pretty sure he was a keeper pick as well. Many, many rounds later. Uh, but yes. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's, it's something to monitor, but I don't think you're going to change much draft strategy right now, unless some new news comes out in the next, you know, three or four days that, that is a doom, doom and gloom situation maybe. But other than that, I, I still think he's a bona fide top five pick right now, if not higher. Yeah, I think he actually might have played today. I'm looking at I didn't get his see normally on top of lineups. Today's been a hectic day. Did not see if he was in the lineup today, but he might have actually been in today. I'm looking it up real quick. And he in fact was. So yeah, there you go. He's healthy. Good to go. Draft him. Top pick. <laughs> Take him all day. Every We're day. Good. Top pick. We are one, good. The, the one Don't day I'm not on top of lineups, of course. <laughs> this is what happens when you slack even for just an hour. How dare you? I know. How dare I get out of the jail cell and pay attention to some lineups already? Well, All right. If anything, I should, I should have no excuse because I'm in the jail cell and I have exactly my point. <laughs> uh, all right. So moving on here from Fernando, we've got Zach Gallen. Uh, he's got a hairline fracture from swinging a bat. Hmm. Um, last time I checked, he was a pitcher. Forgive me if I'm wrong on that, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, are you you're still drafting him and hoping he returns sooner rather than later? He's. I have him in TGFBI for reference, and I'm not exactly happy about this. He's been diagnosed, like you mentioned, a hairline stress fracture in his right forearm. It's just such a weird spot. Apparently, he can still throw, but he can't throw it like with any type of like velocity. So. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen. I've, I've read anywhere from like six to eight weeks. This, is, this could take to recover from, but it's again, it's kind of vague. Cause it's not like a, it's not your typical, like, Oh, it's an elbow injury where, or an arm injury where he has to come back and ramp up. He's going to be able to stay somewhat, you know, throwing at least. So maybe the ramp up process won't take as long, but is there a chance for re-stressing like re-fracturing or rehab or having another issue with the fracture once it starts ramping up because it's a stress fracture? I don't know. It's such a weird thing, man. I'm just trying to, I'm just avoiding the headache. Trust me. I have early shares. I'm not happy. I just don't know. This is not like something you typically deal with. He could, he could he be back in four weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if he was, because we don't know how this is going to, is going to affect gallon. But again, six to eight weeks is like the more pessimistic uh, time frame I've heard. And that's kind of terrible. <laughs> yeah. that That's pretty detrimental for, you know, a pitcher to be out that long and, and especially when they have a ramping up period, which it sounds like hopefully he won't, but who knows? I mean, if he does do something and tweaks it, uh, you know, and, and, and widens the hairline, I, I don't know, goes from a, a, an 80 year old losing its hair hairline to, you know, to me and then to like a, 12 year old with thick flowing locks. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it could just be bad Joe. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm off him. Obviously at this point, I liked him a lot before. So it's just really unfortunate news here, but moving on here, another pitcher going down Kirby Yates, a guy who a lot of people were on. And I really was too playing for the Toronto team. A lot of people were thinking they were going to be up and comers this season. Kind of falling apart, unfortunately. Uh, but TJ, Tommy John, it's likely for him. I don't know if it's been fully announced yet, but uh sounded like he's done for the year. I mean, who who's up next for this team at the closer role? 
It's got to be Jordan Romano. Yeah. I mean, I know Dolis is kind of getting his name thrown out there. So if you're in a deep enough format, maybe if you miss out on Romano, you fall back on a Dolis late, kind of see what happens between that uh, bullpen situation. But as of right now, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Romano. He had two saves last year as well. So he's been put in the role before five saves in 2019. And all of that was triple A. So again, he's familiar with the role. The strikeouts are there. The good ratios are there. I, I just, I, I would say he would be next in line for me. Yeah, this yeah. situation is not good. Anytime <laughs> you hear TJ and it's not talking about, you know, a, a mid 90s Jeep, uh, I, I, I just don't like it when it's baseball related. So George Springer is our next. Uh, man down if you will he's dealing with a grade two oblique strain uh they're saying he might be ready by opening day but obliques are just that one injury next to tj obviously that just scares the hell out of me with baseball players because it's always something that just tends to linger way longer than you think it should so what are your thoughts on springer are you are you going after him or do you own him anywhere? I drafted him the day before he got injured <laughs> um, or oh, the yeah. night. Or was it the night? It was like the night and then the news broke. I don't remember. Either way, it was really, really early, uh, right before it. And honestly, it sounds like the team is optimistic. I don't buy the optimism. I think he misses a couple weeks, but not like something that's detrimental. He misses a couple weeks every year. It just sucks that he missed it to start the season. So we'll see how that goes for Springer, but. I mean, you you know what you're getting. He should still come back and be Springer. I don't think it's I don't think it's going to linger too much personally. But I, you're right. There is a very big possibility of it because obliques do tend to linger, especially with baseball players. Yeah, when when they said he's going to be ready by opening day, I was like, wait, a grade two oblique strain yeah. out of all things? Like, no, come on, I don't. I don't you, see you're, it. you guys are lying. Just stop. Uh, another closer out here, long term for the Rangers with an elbow injury. Jose Leclerc. I mean, the the Rangers bullpen is decimated at this point. Like he was the last man standing, it felt like. And so he had a little bit of value coming in, you know, late round draft pick because of that. But I mean, now who? Like, what are we looking at? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm laughing. It's like a nervous cackle coming out of my mouth. Because I don't know, I guess Matt Bush. I, I would say Ian Kennedy. It's funny because both those guys were non-roster invited in, invites to the team, so neither one of them were even guaranteed a spot coming in. Now it's like both. Yeah, well, now because <laughs> of no, they have nothing else. Um, that's who they're gonna end up with, and I think it's gonna be Ian Kennedy. Like if I had to choose, I just you know he has the track record. Last year he even or was it two years ago? I don't remember. He was definitely the guy re- pretty recently for a team. So. It goes to show you how much I'm just disinterested, but Ian Kennedy would be yeah, the name no, I, no, again, <laughs> if I'm tar- if I'm starter turned yeah. surprisingly decent closer for a yeah, three like months. 40, no, offense. <laughs> no offense, but 40 for baseball is old and he's creeping to get there. Like yeah. might, we might be on our prime, but for them, that's old. And um, I just don't, <laughs> I don't, I just don't trust it, man. Like again, if I can avoid it, I would, but if I'm, if I'm really pressing for saves, 36 years old, by the way. Um, yeah, Kennedy would be the guy. He's pushing 40. Yeah. I would I would say in you know, in leagues where you're you're stretching for for saves, you're you're kind of desperate here. Um, look out for uh I holy ho, holy 
Rodriguez. Yeah. Should only miss a couple weeks and he could come in and steal that job and kind of run away with it. But I mean, again, it's Texas. You're not really going to get a lot of saves, unfortunately. But um, I mean, hey, we've seen crazier things where like these bad teams get guys that get 30 saves because every game they win is within one or two. <laughs> so it could work, you know? So um, he, he's a guy when he comes back, I think, you know, if, if you're desperate for saves, I would take a look at him if he's out there on the waiver wire. So that's something to look for. So, the last one, man. I'm just gonna drink during this one because I have him on two teams, and I'm just gonna laugh. He uh, was Joe's 23rd round keeper uh, out of a 22 round draft. Uh, Can't feel that bad for him. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was free, so it's exactly. okay. 24 but... out of 26 rounds. Yeah, I know, I know. I was, I was making, I know, I know, fun of you further, and I didn't, your I didn't disappointment. Basically didn't outfield for the first like 15 rounds because I had him Acuna and Trout so yes you can't really see that point, but yeah like, my fourth outfielder is like Hayes I think it's bad <laughs> because I wait well, well now who's your third I don't yeah know. <laughs> exactly. I had to go look at that who's team. your real fourth I, I might have had a few too many of these that night and forget who my own <laughs> so <laughs> again shocker okay shocker. so Eloy Jimenez is who we are talking about here with yeah. his ruptured pectoral. He is possibly out five to six weeks. No, months. Months, <laughs> Joe. Man. This season. Wow, that was such a terrible pick for you. He's a drop. Uh, yeah, outside he's a clear keep, drop. Outside of keeper formats, he's a yeah, drop. I, he, hopefully, he yeah. can run IL the whole season. <laughs> That's what's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, is he on your second year contract? Sure, it will be because remember we froze it, so we froze it for one year because of COVID last season. So he'll yeah. be second. He'll be second year keeper next year. Oh, then yeah. I mean, you're you're still gonna keep. So Andrew Vaughn is who we're looking at in left field as a possibility. What are your uh, what are your insights on Mr. Vaughn? Um, surprised <laughs> that he's playing the outfield. I, I think they're almost better off going. I mean, there's outfielders available via way uh, via their uh, the real life. I'm thinking waiver wire, but like free agency in real life, right? Yeah, uh, they could go out and make a trade. I mean, I mean, heck, Jay Bruce, not a sexy name, might, might, that. might, might clear <laughs> the might, might be released from the Yankees. So, with that, opens up a potential. So like, that's a spot for him. I mean, they have Lori Garcia who defensively can be solid out there, I believe. So I'm not sure what their plans are. I just know it's not sexy options or names. And yeah. I don't want to bl- like, Hey, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll take Andrew Vaughn adding outfield eligibility in fantasy. I just don't yeah. want to count on it because we saw one bad outfielder out there and look what happened to him. So you put another bad glove out there. You're just asking for more injury. And I, and not that he's a bad glove, but I just don't think outfield is what his, he's going to, I don't think he's suddenly going to adapt to playing outfield when he's been first base and DHing for who knows how long. So. Yeah, that'll, that'll be a struggle for him to to do that um, on the fly. Opening days, yeah, <laughs> it seems like a weird move. I, I'm not really sure That's, where that came from. It's called I desperation. Be- <laughs> <laughs> talking about me? I don't smell desperation. Yeah. No, 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 no. The White Sox. Putting, <laughs> I'm putting, kidding. Putting I'm kidding. I know what you meant. Joe doesn't wear that. Come on. I would never disrespect the host. That's just rude. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I do have him on my fantasy team. I am sort of desperate, but it's all right. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on here to some more happy news. Some guys that are rising up the ADP ranks. So what we did is we looked at uh, NFBC ADP. 
last month around this time and then this month. And we did the comparisons and we found some guys that I found a little interesting. Um, I didn't go after, you know, the guys that went up like two or three spots that were like high up, like those guys, whatever. They're all going to be the same. You're going to go up and down a couple spots. Big deal. I went after some guys that, I, you know, really moved. Um, and then some guys kind of in between that, that moved a couple of rounds, it felt like. So first start here, we are going with Ty France. Uh, this was the guy that was not on my radar at all to start the season, to be honest with you. Um, but he has been killing it in spring and I get it spring training, but Hey, 385 got five home runs, 10 RBI. I mean, he's had some solid stints and, you know, so he's flashed before, but uh, what's your thoughts on this guy? He's climbed over 130 overall spots because of the strong spring. You buying in? I mean, I, I want to give myself a pat on the back on this one. I'm going to claim an early victory lap, even though he hasn't done anything to preserve it yet. <laughs> I was uh, I was in on France. I'm trying to find – I can't even find the article at this point. But I was in on him before he turned into what he's turned into. Like, he's everywhere. So I like to, I like to I, take the victory lap on that one. But that's not my st- – yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take it now. But, no, it's uh, France <laughs> is a guy that I've just – like I said, I've just been in on. I like I like his uh he has a good hit tool. I like to bet on guys that have that. I think the rest can come at, come with it. And he, France, you mentioned he's having a strong spring. He's playing, he's gonna be playing second and third base probably throughout the season, gain multi-positional eligibility. And he sh- it looks like he's trending towards hitting in the top of the lineup. He should hit top five regardless. And yeah. the Mariners don't have a bad lineup. So Ty France is a guy that just kind of is finally gaining the helium he deserved. He was going, I think, early drafts outside the top 300. Now he's creeped into inside the top 200. Or sorry, just outside the top 200. like closer to 250-ish, I think. I, he fluctuates. But France is a guy who's he was on he caught my eye early. He's been grabbing everyone's attention, deservedly so, with how good he's been in spring and a guy that you should target with, I'd say, a good amount of confidence. But France is starting to get to a point where even I don't want to pay the price. Like it's getting kind of crazy this final week here. Yeah, I, I took him in our. So we have a fancy six pack friends and staff league that's been going on for a few years. That four man keeper league where I've got Eli, and I kind of got bombarded with like second bases flying off the board, and I was like. I finally took Moose, which was fine. But then later on, I'm like, I, I need something. The middle infield was desperate. And I was like, you know what? Ty French. I went real early on him. I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to take a chance and see if this works. I hope it does. Because, <laughs> man, it was it was going fast. That position just dries up. So hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next guy we got here is Mr. Bobby Dalbeck. Uh, he's currently the home run leader of spring. And he's risen ninety nine spots. Are you uh, are you going after him? Are you buying in? Bobby Dalbeck's just a guy for me. I'm not the skill set. I mean, the power is immense. Like I, I get that. I like I like the potential there. But we're talking about a guy that he's gonna. He has the potential to hit forty, but he also has the potential to be just really kill you in batting average. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of swing and miss there. I do like the long-term outlook for Bobby Dalbeck, but in 2021, I'm a little concerned. And then you pair the swing and miss with the fact that he's going to be batting ninth, at least to start. They, they, they've they already kind of confirmed that mm. he's going to be batting ninth. And a power hitter in the ninth spot is less than ideal. RBIs won't come. Runs won't come. So now you're looking at what? Uh, home runs and kind of being Stole, his only real. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's, I mean, I don't see a lot of – 
paths to stats in terms of like what he's going to offer coming from the nine spot again from being a power hitter. So Bobby Dahlbeck's a guy I like, but not as there's people that just like him a lot more than I do. I'm just kind of lukewarm on him, so to speak. Yeah, I, I kind of predicted. Uh, I don't know how bold it really is, but uh, I predicted that he's going to lead the league in home runs, but he's going to lead the league in strikeouts. And the last player to do that, Mr. Chris, Chris Davis. Davis for the Orioles in 2015. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's not easy to do, but he could easily do it. Um, Davis was right up there almost yearly with that. Uh, no, you, yeah, you know how like fine tooth comb I had to look at that because it was like super close every year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's he. It's not going to be pretty with him, but you know, I think the home runs are going to come in bunches with him. So you know, like still is I young, love those man. like best I mean, ball points leagues with him. Like he's that guy. Like if you can get him late, like a best ball points league, he's going to win you weeks. <laughs> I mean, I think he has like six. Silly. I think he has like six spring training home runs. So it's like, we know the we know the power is is there. There's no doubt in the power. Sixteen strikeouts. He's batting three oh eight. But again, I don't buy the three oh eight batting average when you're seeing yeah, you, you, you you hit it. You hit on the nail on the head. Sixteen strikeouts. Like in forty five plate appearances. He's gonna strike out at a high clip. He he slightly overperformed his peripherals last year as well. So I'm thinking closer to a two fifty guy. Sure he has the home run upside, but again, so two fifty with thirty plus. But again, where's the counting stats coming from? No stolen bases. So outside of those points leagues formats, best ball formats, I think his value and his potential is limited because again, of the skill set doesn't play from the nine spot. So Dalbeck's a guy that just I can't I can't just get in. I don't I see him. I don't see how he doesn't move up the lineup. But uh by but the way, is uh is is your wife's name Alexis? Yeah, is she chiming in? Oh, geez. There she is. Stop, stop live streaming. The last, the last name gave it away. Wow, she even, she even oh, changed man. her name. She even changed her name to match mine. Underscore and everything. Look at that, That's the hilarious. underscore. I saw that and was like, oh. You I think she's trolling out. me. Oh, yeah, she called me. She said she earlier I came out to hang out with the family. I was in the office doing my lineup chart. And um, I guess it was, you know, lineups weren't weren't dropping. So I tweeted out like, like oh, oh it's, it's a slow day. And then she's like, "That's why you came out." I was like, "Damn, I, I she she doesn't usually do Twitter, but she's starting to get more involved. And because she's more involved, it's starting to get me in trouble." Backfire. Like, yeah, because I'm very open and honest on Twitter, and oh, and, uh, and you're on there a lot, so yeah, yes. Uh... <laughs> and she's starting to realize, oh, I want to see what my husband's up to. If I I'm to, just gonna go on there, wow, I to be a thankful lot. my okay. wife is not on Twitter because uh, I don't I do, do the Facebook as much, uh, which is where she is. But uh, yeah. I do, I do, you know, I do Twitter a lot, and uh, thankfully she doesn't see how involved I am with there. So yeah, I feel you, man. But uh, have fun with that conversation later. All right, no, AJ, moving no, on. No, no, I'm gonna sleep in this jail cell. <laughs> hey, you told me there's an air mattress next to you, so yeah, yeah, you, there is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my uh, yeah, I've got guests at the house, but they can have my bed. I'll sleep on the, their air mattress. <laughs> All right, so uh, the next guy we got here is Mad Bum. He has had a very strong spring, even against fairly good competition. Um, I mean, are are you seeing or having any hopes in a bounce back for for Mr. Bumgarner? I don't. I mean, I guess. Maybe, I mean, there's always a chance, right, for that one final year. I think his velo's back into the low 90s as well, so that's promising for a guy like him. That you know, it doesn't really depend on the velocity necessarily, but it can't hurt. I want to see more when the games count, so I probably won't have any shares of Mad Bum, but I am cautiously optimistic because track record, 
he is a gamer. He wants, you know, he's still, he, he's, you know, trying to make, make, make people realize that that deal wasn't a mistake. I think he's going to really go out and try to put on a performance this year. But with that said, I'm still not convinced that this is like he's suddenly fixed. So I want again, I wanted to see it more with Mad Bum. That's all it is. So I'm gonna miss out in the process, probably. Yeah, I mean he hasn't been drafted in leagues, you know, like my normal size leagues, but you know, NSBC leagues and things like that, like you know, those 30, 35 round leagues, he's been he's been snatched up. I I looked at him a few times and you know I saw the strong spring, but it's kind of one of those like uh I don't He's a good best some. ball guy. I have him in best ball. Like I don't do a lot of best ball leagues, but Matt Mad Bum's a guy who's gonna get you innings. Yeah. Probably probably close close to a strikeout in an inning. Um <sighs> ratios won't kill you, but again, he's gonna get you points, points league format. Mad Bum's a guy in best ball that I tend to get because again, he falls and he offers that skill set in terms of what to target there. But Outside of best ball, I've just not have I've had zero interest. Which again, if, if Mad Bum t- does return to even partial of his former glory, I'm going to miss out a lot on him, and he'll be a big loss. On, he'll be a big L for me because I've been fading him. I, I feel you, man. I'm, I'm kind of right there in the same boat with you. Um, let's move on here, though. A hitter, Vlad Guerrero Jr., a guy who's you know obviously had a lot of hype for the last couple seasons. He's you know look. He hasn't improved a lot, but we're getting to the upper tiers of hitters here now. So. He's improved a full 10 spots in his ADP. One of the few guys up that high that has improved double-digit numbers. I can't quite figure out why. Like, the power isn't there this spring. He's hitting well, but it's not. there's no power. There's one home run, and I don't know. Maybe there's not a lot to take about that. But, like, that's been kind of the thing with him in his pro career is that the power hasn't been there like we thought it was going to be. I mean, we just saw this guy just mashing like home run derbies and, you know, absolutely crush it in the minors. I mean, everybody thought he was going to be the next 40, 50, 60 home run guy. It hasn't come. So like, why is he rising? I think it's the, the big spring, the, the raising launch angle he's shown in spring as well. But Vlad has also shown it uh, has had ups and downs with the launch angle. But if he's truly going to get the launch angle up, people are really excited because we saw we know what the power can be. Mm-hmm. And but even if he just stops hitting ground balls altogether or cuts down the ground balls, I should say, because he's not going to just stop hitting ground balls. Um, I think the ground I think <laughs> that'll play immensely well to his skill set. So he's going to provide you a, a high four category floor. Sure. What if he if he only if he comes up short in home runs, it might be 25 to 30 instead of the 30 plus that we all expect from him. But he is only 22 years old. The power is there. So if he's going to hit you close to 280 plus and he's going to hit in the middle of that Blue Jays lineup, Vlad is very much going to be a solid player. I just, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Another guy I'm willing to be wrong on. I just find myself drafting other players. I prefer with different skill sets around there. No steals, especially this year, really hinders Vlad's uh, production or at least Agreed. hinders what I what I value in that spot. However, if format dependent, if it's a points league, if it's something like that, I'll obviously I'm okay with this draft price at that point. But again, no speed power, although their potential wise hasn't shown yet. Like you mentioned, I'm just willing to be a year late than a year. I just, I'm just willing to be a year late on Vlad. Again, another guy I'm just willing to be wrong on, but he's one I'm kind of afraid. Cause I know it's going to have, I think the pedigree's there for Vlad. I think it's yeah. going to happen. It's just when is it going to happen, and is it going to be this year? Because then I missed out again. But I've been right for two years, so I'm going to try for the three Pete because I've been fading I, him since he's been coming up. I, I feel you, especially that first year. 
you know, where he was getting drafted like silly high and he hadn't even played a game yet. Uh, my thing is like, I'm looking at the third baseman. I know he's got first base eligibility, but like I consider him third base eligible, for, you know, for most leagues. Eugenio Suarez, Mancata, Chapman, those guys are still going behind him. Give me those yeah. guys all day long. Over that, that, Guerrero. That's what it like, is. Especially for the price point. Like, no, that's, I don't, yeah. I can't, I can't do it. So. Mikado's a big one. Mikado's a big one for me. I usually end up yeah. waiting. I, I pass on Vlad every time, and I end up getting Mikado twenty so picks later. And I'm that's where I go. I'm happy with it. Yeah, first base wise, absolutely. first base wise, if I want a high floor, I can get Anthony Rizzo and Paul Goldschmidt. Got both guys I believe in going fifty picks later. And I know the ceilings aren't as high for those players, but I think the floors are very similar. So why? And I'm and again, I'm targeting other players, likely pitching that early. So yeah. give me give me the give me the pitchers give me the speed that where, where Vlad's going and I'll take high high floors a little later on where I think again the floors are very similar with a track record. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, next guy I want to talk about and somebody who I've been kind of going after in, in a bunch of leagues has felt like about uh, Austin Meadows not hitting very well one sixty seven average, but like he's got four home runs and a steal already. I guess I'm sort of, you know, surprised with the the jump in value that he's had so far, uh, considering the average. But I, you know, I guess people are seeing the the power and the and the speed combo and, and jumping in back in. What's your thoughts? I'm I'm actually in on Meadows, but see, I was in on him before the you you mentioned he's rising ADP. Meadows yeah, is a guy I, I was in too. on. <laughs> I was in on at the discount and. He was again the, the batting average just kind of took a dip recently in spring. He was hitting for a better average early on, and the powers come back, which is nice. And you mentioned the steal, great. The, that's there. I and I like. I still want. I, I never got a share. People keep jumping him in ADP right before I can, or if I think I'm going to target mm-hmm. him there. I've been get, the thing is, is I take Mankata over him every time, and he's going right where Mankata is now. So that's why I've been realizing with Meadows, I haven't had a lot of Meadows because I'm getting so much Mankata, so much Catal Marte, guys that I value at different positions similarly. Like I value Marte because he plays second base and outfield. I value Mankata because yeah. he plays third base. Outfield is the easiest position for me, in my opinion, to fill later in drafts. So Meadows no longer falling close to that 80 to 100 range, I end up falling. I usually, I usually end up favoring the infielders first because I think inf- I'd rather fill the infield yes. spots and leave the outfield for later. So again, 100%. another, another guy I just haven't landed on because of team construction. Not, but I'm actually ne- in on them. We should never be in the same league because uh, you have the exact same strategy I do. Fill your infielder first, go outfield later. I might go get like one stud outfielder. Mm-hmm. Me- Meadows, yeah, because I was drafting a little early. Meadows was a guy that I was I happened to be getting, and I forgot to write down his uh, his ADP, but it was um, it was eighty um, to one hundred somewhere around there. Now it's like sixty to eighty, like almost like his high end pick is almost where he was going low end initially, and the hype is gone, but gone crazy on him which rightfully so i think he's being priced appropriately now and because the discount's not there is why i'm out like mm-hmm. I, i'm cheap i want the discount i'm not getting it there <laughs> of course getting, i feel like i'm still getting a deal on Moncada and Cattell compare in comparison and that's why i end up with them more that's all yeah his, his his overall adp right now is 76 it was 92 but of course there's maximums in between but uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he could be going easily in the top 60 uh, before he was going outside the top 100 in TGFBI, I got him. It was way outside the top 100. I was like, click. <laughs> like, yeah. it was easy. I was like, hell yeah. That's but stupid. yeah, I waited on outfield after, like, I think I got one good player early. And then I waited on everybody and got fam and, and Meadows, like, super late. 
it felt like. And I just loaded my infield because except for second base, I screwed up on second base in that league too. I just couldn't. I don't know. The second base position. Second base is ugly. Dude, second base flew in my TGFBI league, man. 16 second basemen went in the first 13 rounds. Ugh, and there's not a lot. And like, I wait, you, like, also I looked up and I'm like, where, wait, what? Where'd they all go? <laughs> I mean, I have one team where second base, my starting second baseman on one team I'm drafting right now because I, I messed up and didn't draft one is Cesar Hernandez for just yeah, for you, reference. If you Ugh. forget about second base, <laughs> you get royally screwed this year. Like, it's, yeah. well, it's awful. France was my fallback option. And the problem is, is I'm not getting Ty France where I used to get him because so everybody I, I, I forget. wants him now. He's, he's he's a flashy name. And he's a hype I, I, guy. Looked, I looked I looked up the article. I found it. He's his ADP at the time of my article was two eighty nine and change. So where's he going now? Did, I don't remember if we talked about that. It doesn't matter. My point is those. I just that's why I love so, that. <laughs> well, so back in back in late February, I'll tell you, back in late February, his ADP was uh, three seventy. <laughs> right now it's two forty. So, but I, I guarantee I was, it's still <laughs> higher than that. In, still in forty spots people, above when you wrote your article. That's. Yeah, still a pretty big I was, jump. I was still, you know, and I wonder why. I mean, Maybe I might, I might have honestly screwed up the ADP data for the article to be completely honest as well. Because well, I don't this remember is NBC. Going that high. I yeah, went, that's what um, I used to. And I grabbed data from like this exact week. Mm-hmm. I did like a week's worth of data. I don't want to do like one day. That's stupid. I did like a week's worth of data this week in February, and now this week's worth of data in March. And that's how I did the comparison. But yeah, he's dropped 130 spots. But like, I haven't seen him go 240 in all of the drafts that I did. He's going ahead of that, except for TGFBI, where like he wasn't a name yet because spring had barely started. I got him in TGFBI, I think, actually. Now did I'm looking nice. up. I think I did. Pretty sure I did. <laughs> Good stuff. Was, all right. Well, let's up. jump into the next guy here. Hey, all right. So the last guy we got here for Riser is Victor Robles of washington another outfielder his adp has improved 27 spots all right not not too shabby but is this just people hoping that he can return to his 2030 potential or is it more false hope um we'll i think there, i think there's a little hope. bit of hope. <laughs> oh i love it i think there's a little bit of both going on and i'm actually very much in on vlad uh, on vlad now here <laughs> on robles i like robles but then like again this most recent i'm in the draft right now as we speak and he went 89th overall in this slow draft it's a 30 minute clock so it's not really it's like a pseudo slow draft we run through a few rounds a day but yes he over but he went 89th overall so that's like way too high for me for my liking he's hit very well all things considered in spring compared to what he's shown us in the past and apparently Robles went over to the Dominican Summer League, worked on things. He bulked up too much last year. It caused him some issues with his quickness and all that and mobility. Lost some of that weight, came into 2021, more mobile, more mobile, I guess is where I don't care. I can't say it, whatever. More, 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 more mobile and just a little bit, I guess, quick, just quicker overall, looking better and swinging better bat. And they've been telling, they've been having Robles lead off. He led off every single game he started in spring training prior to today. Where then I overreacted and tweeted about how I'm worried all of a sudden. But uh, <laughs> he's leading, he's been leading off every single game. The team wants to be able to lead him off because they want to be able to utilize the players behind him to set the, and just. So if you're telling me he's a guy he, he can lead off, he's looking better. We have the prospect pedigree. And I think he stole like four or five bases in spring already mm-hmm. and a couple home runs. He's giving you the power, the speed. Bang average might be iffy, but he's gonna if he's hits in the top of the lineup, he'll score 100 runs. The RBIs will be whatever, but he's a leadoff hitter. All in all, 
I like where Robles was going or even is kind of creeping to. But I will not take him inside the top 100 because 89th overall, for reference, is, is just a that's a spot where there's just players I feel way more comfortable. Again, it goes back to I'd rather have Meadows still, and he would like, he might still be there. Uh, Mankata still falls. I, Marte went after him in this draft, and Catal Marte is a guy that I'm very much in on and rather have over him. So, But we're seeing Robles creep into that conversation, it seems like. And that for, if that's the case, I'm definitely out this final week, but he's a guy that I have a lot more confidence in than I, th- than I initially did. I did get my one share of him because he was a FOMO guy after seeing all the trends hmm. in the positive directions. So, yeah, Robles is a guy, 2030 is a little ambitious, but he's showing the tools in spring. And although spring training stats don't matter, you want to see a guy that had the prospect, prospect pedigree, a guy who has the skill set, get everything going and rolling into the season with that confidence and maybe leading off. I, I just I want a part of that, you know? Absolutely. No, I, I'm with you on that, man. Like, I, I'm kind of pissed at myself for for passing on Robles in a few spots early on, and because now, like, yeah, you have to you have to pay up for it. It feels like, but uh, he's a guy who I kind of was like looking at maybe having a bounce back. You know, like, look, maybe the average will be you know two forty, two thirty, but where he was going early on in March was super late, and it was just like. I could potentially get a 2020 guy, a 2030 guy, a 1525 guy that late. That's monster. Um, And I just, I missed on him barely in like two or three drafts. It felt like, and I was mad about it, but I was, I was, I was on him like, you know, hoping he could, you know, make the bounce back. And now that the spring is coming where he's hit three bombs and stolen five bases, everybody's like, Oh, Victor Robles is back. And well, yeah, the stolen bases, luck. it's like, even if the power doesn't like the power's on a crazy, like right now that power would translate really well, but it's the stolen bases. I'm more optimistic about because they're not only they're letting him run in spring, but he's been successful. Last I checked, I don't know if he's been caught stealing, but he has been, he's been hundred percent successful in the base paths. So that shows not only intent to run, but successful, so like and you yeah. pair, I, I look One at efficiency four. a lot. You look at you look at efficiency and efficiency matters, I believe, when it comes to when it comes to stealing bases. And that will allow him to because think about it, if he's not efficient, they're not gonna let him run ahead of the no. guys he's gonna be hitting in front of. So nope. the efficiency will matter in ter- in terms of him actually getting those uh, attempts. So yeah, I mean, seeing the efficiency for Robust. For sure really. the batting average will be low. I mean, he's already got fifth, you know, fifteen strikeouts. So he's up there with Bobby Dahlback type of numbers with strikeouts, but um, you know, he could get some good counting stats for you. And especially if you're going after like late steel guys, he's not gonna be a power drain. That's the thing too. Like you go after a lot of these like late steel guys. They're just nothing anywhere else. It feels like a lot of them, and he could be a guy who can actually help, can at least a little bit in home runs and and maybe runs, maybe not RBI because he's batting up top. But he's a guy who I do really like. But let's jump over here some ADP fallers, and I'm going to start here with a Met Jeff McNeil. I don't know. He he's had a rough spring, man. Um, his ADP was in the he was in the eighties. Now it's in the he's over a hundred. I mean, I don't know. To to me, like I, I was never a big fan of this guy. I always felt like he was just kind of a he's just kind of a batting average guy. Like it just you can find a bunch of these, you know, just a guy wherever. And he feels like just a guy, but because maybe position eligibility. I don't know what was driving his ADP as high as it was, but it still feels like to me, even just over a hundred is too expensive. What do you think? I think now I, I still won't draft him because of his skill set for me. Isn't particularly sexy at that price, but I do understand it because he is, although he might be just a guy. He's also what I would consider a roster stabilizer 
Jeff McNeil's a guy very much, um, you know, you could depend on the batting average. He's going to give you about 20 to 25 home runs, might give you some chip in speed, but he also, there was also the idea of him possibly hitting towards the top of that lineup. And I think they're really set on giving Nemo that leadoff spot, Lindor batting second. And that kind of putting those two at the top of the lineup pushes McNeil, McNeil, McNeil down because then you have Conforto, you have Dom Smith, you have Pete Alonzo. These are all guys that are probably going to hit ahead of McNeil on the mm-hmm. average. So this pushes McNeil, what, down to fifth or sixth on, a, on any given day, majority of the time. Yeah. That hinders his production all around, especially for a guy who, if he was banging at the top of the lineup, yeah, that'd make a lot. That, that'd be great because now you have that batting average on base skills for McNeil at the top of that Mets lineup. That's a hundred plus runs easily. That's and then you sprinkle in a few steals and some home runs. Then it makes sense to be targeting him because the multi-positional eligibility is there as well. But given that's none of that, I just said is the case as of right now. The dip in ADP makes sense, and he's a guy that I'm just kind of. I've never, I wasn't in on. I'm still really not. I'm letting other people do them. My co-host, I'll give a shout out to him if he's listening. Zach, Zach Braff, he's a guy that, uh, just like, just like the Scrubs uh, actor, he's the guy that, uh, really, yeah. I wish it was the same guy, but he's not as cool. Um, it's <laughs> <Not as> cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's he's super. He's a huge McNeil guy, but he's also a huge Mets fan. So a lot of Mets bias there, in my opinion. Regardless, uh, I he's just not for me, man. Yeah, so speaking of the Mets, we've got Dom Smith, who you just there mentioned. Um, we'll just just keep knocking him down. I mean, I maybe you I will tell as, I'm, uh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, as the, the the fandom behind me, but and we're not knocking uh, him out of the park. <laughs> exactly. So <sighs> Smith Smith's seen his ADP rise over around. Yeah, I mean, I'm I feel like this is just due more to you know, the early hopes of the NLDH. Um, Now that we're not really seeing that, I mean, he just loses his value. Uh, Would you even take him at his new ADP of 132? I'd like him to see, I would like to see him drop a little more. The one share I have of Dom Smith, I got him at pick 200. Just give you an idea how far he fell for me. That's how far I felt. That's how far he fell for me to feel comfortable. And I even, even at that price, I still questioned my pick. Like yeah. that's how uncomfortable I was. And it's because not because Dom Smith, the bat is great for Dominic Smith. Zero doubting in the zero mm-hmm. doubt in the bat. It's the playing time. And I think he's going to be starting left field more times than not, but he's a defensive liability. Dom, we watched a play where any other outfielder, I think with at least a, a moderate level of comfort in left field would have caught this ball that ended up being a home run. It was barely over the fence. It was a wall scraper. It was honestly, it almost looked routine and Dom just struggled tracking it struggled trying to figure out where it was and it ended up going over the fence and i think the wind did carry it in his defense a little bit but still he just struggles in the outfield and i just that's going to cause him to lose at bats at the end of the game it might cause him to lose starts with certain pitchers if it's a five ball pitcher you know so dom smith's a guy that although i believe in the talent as a bat he could play first base but the problem is they have p alonzo there so I'm okay with Dom Smith if he was closer to 200, even 170-ish, 150, 150 even, but 130, I just can't. Like I'm, I'm like you said, I, like I said before, at 200, I felt like unsure of it. Yeah. Maybe I was being, maybe I'm too pessimistic, but I shouldn't have been because at 200, yeah. I feel like there's at least still a chance there. But I don't know, man. Dom yeah. Smith's a guy that I just don't have the confidence in. I've stared at him a lot in a few drafts here and there, and um, you know the upside is crazy. But yeah, I'm, I'm super worried about the playing time. I've mentioned that a lot on a bunch of these shows, so I'm not going to go into it a whole lot more. 
Uh, you guys can go back and listen to the NLEs preview to figure that one out. So, so I was uh, just going to say, well, I'm pretty <laughs> sure we bashed the hell out of him. We totally did. On that so, show, so a guy, go though, that, guy, though, that we haven't talked a lot about is uh, David Price. I'm actually a little surprised about this one. His draft stock has dropped. I get early on, right? Because it was like, is he going to play this year? Is he going to, you know where the Dodgers are going to use him. As soon as he got announced that he was going to play, I thought it would go straight up. Like I, I get the risk. I get the, you know, I wasn't thinking he'd be like, you know, top 40 pitcher or anything, but like I thought people would be taking a chance on him for sure. Um, but um, the, the fact that like he's actually dropped in, in ADP really shocks me. What What's your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I'm actually not in on him. This is like one of the first ones we disagree on. I'm just not. Uh, I think a lot of it is first off, he took a year off. Price came back. He met, he made a comment about willing to throw like in relief or not even be a full time starter in order to get guys like Gonsolin and May more starts. Also, the Dodgers are going to be do- the Dodgers and give him random IL stints because it's the Dodgers. Dodgeritis is a thing. Price is just a guy that I believe he still has. I believe I believe he still has a partially torn UCL. I think he's been pitching with it for a couple of years now. Mm. When or if that could go, who knows? He's just had a so good many, spring, though. Really, he has. I, just, I know, I'm. I'm. I get it. Take that for what it's worth. Him. But yeah, yeah I, I'm okay. I'm okay with if people are in on him. I get it. It's David Price. He's still. Does he have one? Does he have a couple of seasons left in the arm? Sure, probably. I'm just willing to miss out on it because I just there's all those reasons why right there red flags for me and on top of on top of already being injured pretty much like pitching through whatever injury he has or the elbow he we're also looking at again a team that's going to limit his innings and on top of that the, the so adding the limit of innings to him coming off a year where he didn't pitch at all to with the with the added injury risk I'm just all you put all that together it's a mess I don't want to have on my roster that's really where I'm at with him. Yeah, yeah only- I'm out on price too. I just, I think there's there's too much risk, too many too many injuries to deal with, and too much dodgering going on in LA. So yeah, we, we, whatever we call it, dodgered. These pitchers get dodgered. They do. <laughs> they they could go to the IL because they sneeze too hard. Yeah. <laughs> what wasn't there something I said last week? Like if you can if you can dodge a an inning, you can dodge a ranch or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was on fire last week. I, you were, so man. You're not on fire. Not so much weekend. tonight. Not coming with the same energy. I'm a little disappointed in myself, there, honestly. There's probably so, something to most say. Most of my quietness. You can dodge is, a ranch, but you can't dodge a dodger IL. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Go with that one. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I just. I, most of me staying quiet is because I'm, I'm just I'm just within myself and in disappointment. Um, so <laughs> speaking of disappointments, uh, C- Craig Crimble, Craig Crimble, Craig for Crimble. those of us who can talk, uh, nice. his name is Craig Kim Brell. Um, I'm now brown cow having an awful spring yet. He somehow finished 2020 strong. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't understand it. Uh, maybe because it was 2020. <laughs> that that seems to like it would make sense. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much avoiding him everywhere. But I mean, is he worth considering in his value? The the new value? No, 
<laughs> I'm gonna keep that one simple. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't trust the anything. <laughs> I don't trust the player. <laughs> like <laughs> Craig Kimbrel, I can't say it either. Craig Kimbrel, uh, <laughs> tongue twister. That he is. He hasn't been drinking before the damn show. Yeah, I, I have. <laughs> Kidding. I have, and I still can't. I just I, cracked I, my second beer. Jeez, give me a break. But yeah, yeah I mean, it uh, is called he's, Mind Haze. But relax. Yeah. Oh, okay. There yeah, you go. he's he's just a guy, man. Like I can't. There's just there's enough uncertainty at closer as it is. Why am I gonna spend a high pick on a guy who's still uncertain? The role is very much his, but the, just because the role is his doesn't mean I want to take on the potentially blow up outings and the potential for him to lose his job. And I think there's I'd rather take a shot like later on because again, like we're talking about chasing saves. Take Nick Whitgren, take Tanner Scott, right. take Love take Adam Adovino, take guys that are going super Love Whitgren. late. Yeah, Wigren's a guy I just love to have this year. <laughs> He's just a guy that, but like, again, I just rather take my shots later. Uh, either get a guy early and then take a bunch of these hand, like this, like stick your hand in the bag, pull out the, these names I just mentioned, or, or, like, or probably just gonna go all in on the later guys because I don't want to touch Kim Kimbrel's this guy. I'm just he's like there's. I usually say there's no such thing as I do not draft. Everybody has a price, but for him, he's literally off my board. That's how like I just don't want to avoid. I just want to avoid the headache because. He shows flashes here and there, and then Kimball turns around and shows that he's not the guy he used to be in. I, I don't want to deal with it anymore, man. It's, I'm, I'm hurt. Like I'm broken. He's a, he broke me. I'm done. Yeah, I, I took a chance on him a couple of years ago, and he was falling. And like he, I was like, wait, what? what why is Kimbo's falling? And then, yeah, now I know why. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> done. You. I'm done. So all right, real quick, the, all these injured guys, not the ones we mentioned before, Lamet. Grisham, Carrasco, Valdez, etc. Like, obviously, their stock has dropped dropped dramatically. Um, any chance that you even consider drafting any of these guys at their new value? Um, of these names here, um, I th- oh Grisham, Grisham's the guy. Yeah, uh, he's the only one because, and it's because of the fact that he. I was just looking him up. Uh, some it looks like he should be playing soon. Close to returning to game action is the most recent news on him on March 24th. So yesterday, yeah. um, will he miss maybe a week of games? Maybe, but the skill set is something I still like. I actually just drafted him in this league. I was mentioning that I'm in. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna take a shot on him because I, I believe he's gonna be back soon. And we yeah. saw how well he was hitting before. So Grisham's the only guy of these names I'm willing to take a shot on because the rest scare the hell out of me. <laughs> Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, I unfortunately have Lamette and Carrasco on TGFBI, so bye, TGFBI. I'm not going to do well this year either. Hopefully, I can invite next year. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to my life in the Scott Fish Bowl weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad for you over there, man. It's it's brutal. I, but, uh, I, I, I'm still going to send Scott an email and just say, don't even worry about my don't, loan don't, thing. Don't, don't do that. I, but anyway... Um, I want to give the spot to somebody who might actually show the hell yeah, up. Let's expand it to eighteen hundred next year. It'll be fine. You want to worry about it? Yeah, then I'll be even more terrible against <laughs> even more people. Perfect. Yes. God, that's yeah, what I man, strive listen, for. Listen, man, you have that to strive to set the bar low. Strive to set the bar I, low. I have. I you have pretty much set the bar. <laughs> Perfect. At low. Uh, Perfect. With with two letters A listen. and J. Here's the thing. Right. If if you set the bar low, right? If you even finish middle of the pack, 
people like you blow people's minds. It's perfect. Set the bar low, keep expectations low. So when you're mediocre, boom, mind blown. <laughs> That's what I do in life. So <laughs> that works, man. All right, let's yeah, jump in here to some uh, thing. Something that you are uh, obviously king at right now: position battles. You do that awesome spreadsheet. Google Docs. Uh, if you guys have not seen this, make sure you go on on Twitter and follow him and figure that and find that uh, it is phenomenal. I look at it almost every day, especially like near draft time for me. I'm looking at like trends to see what's going on. But position battles. We'll start here. Probably the biggest one of the entire offseason. I feel like San Diego second job position. Um. Uh, Cronenworth, Kim, I mean, those are the two big ones. Obviously, you know, we've got, um, uh, I forgot to write the name down. Yeah, Profar. I don't feel like he's really in starter consideration. He's a utility guy. But Cronenworth and Kim, like, how do you see this playing out? And how have you seen it play out in spring? Cronenworth is the guy. It's almost written like as close as you can to pen maybe erasable pen in case i'm wrong here because those are still a thing right <laughs> they still <laughs> but, make them yes okay and good, for some reason they smell like you know dried up strawberries but nah, why you're sniffing pens is another discussion um <laughs> exactly i mean mediocrity I mean, yeah i don't ask a lot setting of questions the, with my weird co-host but setting cool. the bar low we're starting to find out why sniffing pens low bars sniffing pens and eating erasers got it um no, i don't eat the erasers Come on, i just <laughs> sniff them god i'm not a weirdo you're not a weirdo yeah i have standards okay yeah. um, <laughs> exactly I draw a low AJ bar line. Called out. <laughs> it's it. fun. That's all good fun. I hope you know that. I apologize. <laughs> yes, I hope you have me don't on the show again. Don't ever, um, ever apologize. <laughs> no, we're good. Well, it's our first time ever talking, so it's not exactly a great way to start a conversation. I, hey, fine. you ends. This explains a lot. All right, Cronenworth <laughs> uh, versus Kim. I love Cronenworth. I mean, I, I loved him coming into the year. Kim signing really scared me off of him. But we've seen Cronenworth almost exclusively play second base in spring. And the reason why I think that's a big deal is because we've seen Kim jump around third base, shortstop, second base when Cronenworth isn't playing. But anytime Cronenworth is in, it's second base and the occasional first base when um, Hosmer's out. So Kim has been the guy who's been almost relegated to the super utility role for the infield specifically. Because you mentioned Profar. Profar, I don't think, has played a single rep in the infield. Maybe played his first one recently. I don't recall. But I know he's been pretty much the fourth outfielder guy slash injury replacement. And you think injury replacement, well, Grisham's out. Fam is likely going to hit IL stint at one point this year. Myers will likely fall suit. And if not, they're going to oh. rest. <laughs> Those guys are going to rest regularly. <laughs> well, you got to think, Fam, if he's not going to get on the IL, he's going to rest, what, once once a week, twice a week on occasion? So, well, no, but all these, I'm saying if you have all this, like you, one, one to two games a week for Fam, one to two for Myers, give Grisham a couple days off, especially when he's getting back into shape. Profar is going to find his playing time in the outfield, but Kim and they're putting Kim in the outfield this week to try it out. I think mm-hmm. Kim is more or less the utility guy on the infield. Cronenworth going to be more than likely the everyday second baseman. That's how I see that job playing out as of right now. Yeah, I think that I initially I was I think I was with you. It feels like initially um, when this when this signing happened, I wrote a, a quick you know sleeper article and and I put Kim. Right there, I was like, "Look, this guy's talented. He's gonna come in." They didn't sign him for nothing, but then spring training happened, and well, maybe they did sign him for nothing. I don't know what they're trying to do with him. 
maybe, you know, with you, I feel like they're maybe they'll throw him in the outfield, but that seems like kind of like an Andrew Vaughn hump and prayer thing. So we'll see what happens. I think at least Cronenworth has, or sorry, Kim has the ability to play the outfield or has played the outfield in the past. Again, I don't know Vaughn's history. Maybe he played the outfield in college. I don't recall. I just know that he's a first baseman slash DH. Yeah. That's kind of what he is. So to, to hear about him going in the outfield really threw me off. But anyway, it's another Yeah, discussion. totally. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, bring it on home with demos. The center field slash leadoff spot is a mix between Mullins and Hayes. So which are you using the half chewed eraser erasable pen to pencil in? Half chewed. <laughs> half chewed. Sniff it. <laughs> is there any no. ink left in this pen or did you eat it? I said like, you're penciling oh. it in. If you're using a pen to pencil, you're doing it wrong. Well, God, see, I, I maybe maybe I sniff some of that penny racer at this point. You're welcome. Um, we're sharing. Yeah, we're good, sharing. Sharing is caring, man. Sharing oh is caring, gosh, dude. Right. All right. So, so Mullins is going to be leading off and playing center field. I feel I feel very <laughs> confident in that as well. We've see, at first it was really back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then Mullins essentially like, they've shown multiple lineups at this point with Hayes and Mullins in together, and it's Mullins yeah. constantly or consistently, I should say, leading off while playing center field, and Hayes batting closer to fifth while playing left field. Those two, and I was reading an article, apparently those two play really well together in the field. Hayes does have the glove, so he should stick to everyday outfield duties, but just not center field and just not lead off, at least as of right now. Now, Hayes could earn his way back up. Mullins could easily, easily hit his way down, but it looks yeah. like if, if, if the season started tomorrow, which it almost is, thankfully, Mullins should be the leadoff guy and the center fielder, but Hayes has found his way into the lineup still. Yeah. I want to ask you about this though. Like once DJ Stewart is healthy, does that change things for Hayes and Mullins? Like how, how do you feel? How do you factor that in? I think that'll play itself out. I think if one of those guys are really struggling and Stewart comes in, Stewart's raw, man. I mean, he has some swing and miss in that game. The power is, Great, but if you can't hit the ball, what are you looking at? Another another Bobby Dahlbeck? I'm sick of talking about Bobby Dahlbeck, but <laughs> it's kind of like that's what I mean. That's all we like, want to talk about. Come on, yeah, yeah. Power, <laughs> power. Listen, people just want to hear about dongs. I get it. Everyone wants the dong, <laughs> but we it's all there's more to there's more to a man than the dong. Okay, and we're talking about baseball, you dirty minded people. But in all seriousness, though, uh, dong back will tell. I mean, da- Dahlbeck will tell you. Dong back. Whoa. Oh, I don't know. He, 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 AJ's warming up. He's trying. He's trying. Just, <laughs> just getting started. <laughs> He's trying here. An hour into the show. I mean, that's how long it took. Right. To You're welcome, point. America. That's what happens. <laughs> but yeah, in all seriousness, though, that's what happens when I start off drinking a six point something percent beer. Yeah. That's very <laughs> good. So, all right, anyway, thank you, Zombie Dust. Well, all right. Anyway. Yeah, no, I feel you. So, so my, my one other question about this, because I am. I was I've been a big Hayes believer all along. Like I also am a firm believer that Hayes is better, especially in the bat. Like I don't I know Mullins is doing this thing where like he's gonna bat exclusively from the left side because that's where he's had a lot more success. Um, so maybe maybe that helps him stay atop at the top. But like what what's your thoughts? And like you know, there's no data that backs this up, just your opinion. Uh, what's your thoughts about Hayes maybe coming up the the lineup? Because he's had stretches where he's been phenomenal, especially at the very end of last season where he finally came back healthy and he played phenomenal. And then Mullen sort of dropping back down, maybe into that eight nine role where like you see those like sort of 
speed guys who they're just, you know, because defense, they stay in the lineup, go. I think he, and he as in Hayes, can easily hit his way up. It's just a matter of opportunity and a matter of him taking advantage of it because you mentioned we've seen him in the past do it, but doesn't mean he's going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, well, he he's run had hot, his injury problems cold. too, unfortunately. And I do think we're going to see, again, it's going to be a, it's going to be, it's going to be on Hayes. I think it's very possible, even borderline likely, that Hayes hits his way up. It's just a matter of, I think it's going to be more Mullins losing the job than Hayes winning it when they, if they do swap. I think they want to see Mullins succeed there. But I do think it's very – I mean, I don't see a reason why we can't see this happen. Injuries can, are going to happen. Yeah. Hayes is known to get injured, though, so maybe it's him that gets hurt, yeah. unfortunately. But in all seriousness, I think Hayes will or can his way up sooner than later because the O's don't have anything to lose, right? Like, why not give your guy a shot who's hitting, well, at the top of the lineup? They just they lose enough, but sure. Uh, all right, another team that's probably not very good, but uh, interesting fantasy-wise, the Colorado Rockies. Their first base and, and really kind of the entire infield because of the recent injury. Um, CJ Crone, uh, first base specifically. CJ Crone and, and Fuentes, like – who do you see winning this first base job? And I, and I guess, you know, maybe because I mentioned the second base and third base, obviously with the recent injury, like how do you see this playing out? So Crone, I think has done more than enough to earn that spot. I mean, he was an honor. He was, I think a minor league deal. They've, I think they've purchased his contract at this point or whatever they've guaranteed. I think they've pretty much brought him onto the team and the dude has crushed it this spring. I mean, he hit another massive home run tonight, like 114 miles per hour. The guy is absolutely crushing the ball. Like putting it into like a different stratosphere. At this I'm not. Point. I'm not shocked. <laughs> but four home runs on for spring already, batting over 300, and you're taking that power. And we know the power is there for Crone. Putting it in cores, there's a legitimate 40 home run upside here. But Crone with him, it's always the injury concern, and I think the bat's going to play. So I think Crone sticks at first. What we're seeing a lot of since Rogers getting hurt, and it all depends on Rod- Rogers, like how long it takes for him to return. But I think as of right now, McMahon's going to play second and Fuentes is going to play third. I've, that's what we've been seeing yeah. a lot of. We've been seeing a that's lot of that have. trend that way, which sucks because I really thought it was going to be um, Hampson playing more. Me too. It was weird because Hampson started off spring. And this might have been the first time, the first thing I've noticed, the first L, so to speak, from me doing these lineup takeaways and just monitoring. I was like, oh, Hampson looks like he has the job. I said this like two weeks in. I should have known better. It was still plenty of time. <laughs> but then but then Hampson went from having the job to Hilliard's playing like every day in center field all of a sudden. Like, hold on, wait, what happened? And I'm like, and Hampson's doing well. He's yeah. hitting he's hitting 308, has a couple stolen bases on, on the spring so far. It's like he's not striking out terrible amount. He's walking a decent amount. So Hampson's doing his thing. But so is Hilliard, I think, to a point. So that's why it's like, um, are they still just laying, laying it playing out, see what happens? I mean, Hilliard... A lot. We'll he never know better. what the Rockies, man. Well, here's the problem. They Hilliard's, do weird things. Hilliard has 17 strikeouts right now in spring, Ooh. batting 227. That's before tonight Gosh. if he played today. Damn. So um, this is this is entering today. Is, so that's what I'm saying. So entering, what, the 25th. So prior to the 25th, this is, those were his stats. And Hilliard is a guy with his lost swing and miss in that game, but he has four stolen bases and a home run. So the counting stats and the sexy fantasy stats are there. But Hampson's the guy who's earned it. But we haven't again. We've seen this weird transition where Hampson was getting all the playing time. Hilliard was not. Hilliard was getting all the playing time. Hampson's kind of in and Damn, out of lineup yeah, as, they, as they second in in strikeouts. Holy cow! So, like I say, yeah. Like, so, so Trace with that said, um, <laughs> who are yeah, you? it's a that's a weird that's a who are you? Age uh, thirty, Arizona outfielder. Yeah. Outfielder. Yep. 
Not gonna happen, bro. Play, play for the play Sorry. for the Dodgers Sorry. too. But anyway, oh, uh, yeah, but- yeah, I remember that guy. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah, that's right. Dodgers is who said that. Yeah, I don't. The yeah, rest of the just, infield, oh, the rest of this line, I have no idea. But I, I agree with you, Cron, it's the Rockies, man. Chris Owings is probably going to be playing more than all of them. Like, just gosh, it. Who knows? <laughs> all right, move on. I'm some. I'm, I'm mad all right. About the so Rockies. let's uh, let's, the Rockies, let's go dude. with the the team uh, on your hat there. Their second base. Uh, position battle here between Diaz, you got John Birdie, and you got uh, Yaz Flute Chisholm. Who who you like? Yaz Flute, nice. <laughs> no, uh, I'm sorry, Jazz, Jazz. I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jazz Chisholm. Oh, now so, we know who you're talking about. We're yeah. talking about like Jazz is the one I want to see because we're talking about a very <clears throat> toolsy for fantasy anyway. Mm-hmm. He's very toolsy. He he has the power, has the speed, three home runs to one home to one slow base so far this spring, bang 250. But another strikeout issue. He's a young player, has holes in his swing, 11 strikeouts this spring and 34 play appearances. So to give you an idea, that's not very good. But uh, Isan Diaz, I don't think is gonna cut it. He's batting 071. Yes, 0.071 on the spring. So I wouldn't expect Diaz. To, and again, spring training stats don't mean much. Spring, 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 that kind of means something, though. Yeah, like that's, when you're looking, when you're looking at two young guys, <laughs> when you're looking at two young players, one of which is supposed to be earning the job, the other one is supposed to be being sent down. Spring training should matter more for those guys. Mm-hmm. And seeing such a such a difference in their production, and we're talking about again a guy that's very toolsy, showed some power, showed some speed to a guy who hasn't shown any power, any speed, and hitting like absolute dog crap. I'm going to go with Chisholm between the two, but Birdie has actually been the one that's been better overall. But I think they, I think they like having John Birdie as that utility type. Four stolen bases, nine walks to just seven strikeouts while batting 350. John Birdie is very much like the one deserving. If you're looking at spring training, if spring training was going to decide who the Marlins second baseman was, it would be John Birdie. But I think they want to see Chisholm or Isan play with Birdie still being that super util guy. He'll, he'll play p- plenty. I don't know if he's going to get the, the the starting job, but again, I don't know. Every time I read something, this guy has the inside track. That guy has the inside track. This guy has the inside track. Last I read, it was Chisholm that has the inside track. And if I had to guess between the two, I mentioned the, the younger guys, it would be Chisholm. But I, I assume they want to use Birdie in that util role, fill in the blanks on off days for players because he could play everywhere in the field, basically. He has everywhere think, eligibility. Like literally, think, when you go to draft, it's mm-hmm. like everywhere. Like, yes. Oh, all right. I, cool. Take it. I, I think Birdie should absolutely have this job. And then, like, when other people need off days in other positions, he can go over there. Then Diaz and Chisholm can fill in for him. Like, screw that. Birdie's been good. Yeah. But he's also, he's also 30. Who cares? He's still good. Chisholm and Diaz have done nothing except Chisholm launching a massive home run in his you don't first spring training game. If you bring if you bring up a chisholm, if you bring up a chisholm, like if you actually give Jazz the shot, you're not going to hinder his p- potential growth for John freaking Birdie and his 30 year old legs. Like it's not happening. Like hey, I, I mean, they maybe, were a maybe, playoff team last year. I get it. It was expanded in 60 game in 60 games. The Mariners would have been a, a one seed if the first 60 games of 2019 counted for anything. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Kudos to that for you saying that. All right, moving on here. Phillies center field. Uh, I got Adubo Herrera and Roman Quinn here. I don't know who else is actually in this battle here, but like it's there's a yeah, lot of guys uh, I feel like they could jump into this one. And AJ's a big Phillies fan, as you can see from the bobbleheads behind him. So, uh, but I mean, what what's your take on Reds. this, Mike? 
Okay, so the the other names included are Adam Hazley, who just made his uh, reappearance in spring. Oh, after yeah, but he's an oh, is he back? I thought yeah, he was yeah back. He, I, okay. I didn't think he was supposed to be back yet, so I didn't even think about including. Yeah, him I didn't think about either. him either. But uh, apparently, sorry, I was reading just last night. Prior, uh, I like Hazley a lot. He's solid. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. I was reading prior to last night, and Herrera has slowed down pretty badly. Like he started off really strong, and he was like early the early favorite. Quinn hasn't really done much. Like nothing. Uh, he's hit 323, but he struck out 12 times. I think it's just Roman Quinn being Roman Quinn. Like, he runs hot sometimes. He, we know he can still bases. So, I guess I, I shouldn't say he hasn't done nothing. I, I don't think I've looked at his stats in a while because he's done decently. Anyway, I think Hazley's the guy that they want to take the job. They want him to go out and take it. And he's done well, but the problem is he hasn't played him up. He hasn't played enough. And I think they're going to give him the rest of this week before making a decision. But I think it's all honestly between Hazley and Quinn at this point. Herrera was a non-roster invitee. He hasn't really done – he's kind of slowed down, like I mentioned. So I think he's going to be on the outside looking in at this point. With um, Kingery, I think they already mentioned sending him down. So I think it's honestly Ooh. Adam Hazley or Quinn, and I'm going to lean with Hazley with, uh, with like, very little optimism or very little confidence on this one. Yeah, this one could really go any four, which four way, ways. but fucked from Sunday. Um, I, I mean, it's just a mess. Uh it's almost reminiscent of their bullpen from 2020. Uh, that, that's <laughs> almost how bad it is. Uh, I mean, Herrera came out like gangbusters. He had something to prove because he came back to the team after whatever it was that had him off the field. We'll just leave it at that. And, uh, you know, Quinn, I agree. He's He is just a guy. You know, if, if I'm, I'm going to put it plainly he's he's good at stealing bases he's got some decent defense but that doesn't really matter for fantasy purposes the defense obviously um i I do like hazley and i do like kingery i think i i think he needs a little more time in the minors to to get back to seeing his own potential I think he he kind of had it thrown in his his own face that that he was awesome and this this great find and and he is he has a lot of upside but he just hasn't really shown it yet and, and I don't know if he's necessarily better in the outfield than where I like him in the infield personally so who the hell knows. I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's just a mess out there. I, I kind of think Hazley, it's his job to lose, um, and it will be between more him and Quinn uh, for the majority of the starts each week with Herrera maybe filling in randomly or, or late in games or something. So... Cincy infield, we've got Mike Moustakis to third base, and we've got India at second base. So what are your thoughts on this? (laughs) Possibly. Uh, I think think they want to see India take that job at this point. I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, we we have Suarez moving over shortstop in the process as well. That's interesting. That adds his value a little bit, getting him some multi-positional eligibility. 
But I think that hurt. I think the bigger story here is it hurts the pitching potentially. Like, how do, we don't know how the defense is going to look. Guys like Luis Castillo, who I have a ton of shares of, he's a ground ball pitcher, and you have a, you have a, an infield that's interesting. Like, I don't know how they're going to play yet. So that can hurt their pitching staff more than anything. But India, they, apparently, he showed some serious growth at the alt site last year, has been doing well in spring. The coaches really like him. I, I'm gonna say he sticks at second base. He's been a guy I've been targeting. I, like, I draft a lot of draft champions formats, so 50 teams. Sorry, 15 teams, 50 rounds. He's a guy <laughs> I use. Teams. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a guy that I, I'll get late type of thing. But um, yeah, other than that, he's not mixed league relevant yet. But guy, maybe you put in your watch list because there's prospect pedigree. He was a yeah. uh, highly drafted. Uh, I think he was out of UF, like fourth or fifth overall overall pick. So India has the prospect pedigree. The college experience and known for his bat first so we'll see where that goes and the ballpark is obviously great the division is weak in terms of pitching a guy that's interesting but other than that again not mixed re- not mixed league relevant quite yet yeah it, it's sort of interesting i, I do like the fact that like moose moose might get his third base eligibility back yeah so now <laughs> that's what, first cool second stuff. and first second yeah. and third yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah. So real quick, I uh, just want to ask you, like, you know, we've gone through position battles. Anything that we missed on, like, you know, if, if I didn't do any pitching ones, because I feel like some of the pitching battle, like pitching battles, like you get the fifth pitcher, like, eh, who cares? Um, they're not usually very good anyway. But like anything that you can think of that we missed real quick. The Real quick, the, you mentioned pitching, and I, I honestly can't think of any more position battles. I'm sure someone's going to be like, oh, you missed one. I'm sure we did. Sorry, guys. Uh, sorry, everybody. But Go eat an erasable pen, yeah. people. <laughs> Freddie Peralta. Freddie yeah. Peralta. He's the one who just – he's probably the biggest winner from winning the fifth starter spot. He's looked fantastic in spring. The dude is just killing it. And you know what it's reminding me of? Corbin freaking Burns of 2020. He's like – he could be this year's Corbin Burns, a guy you were getting at a discount all draft season. And now the final week of drafting, he'll jump up 150 spots in ADP. Uh, Freddie Peralta is a guy that you should go out and grab off your waiver wire if he's there. Make a, make a spot for him because he could be this year's Corbin Burns. It's interesting. I've I've had I've had Peralta in, in my the the one dynasty league that I've talked to you about a couple of times, uh, and because he never really worked, I kind of passed him on. But yeah, we'll, we've all passed him on. <laughs> yeah, time of or two. So yeah, uh, it's interesting. But he's so. he's looking great, man. That's why it's I, just I've looking heard at the, looking um, looking at the recent track records with pitching and stuff. It just makes you wonder if like that co- and the stuff they let the stuff is there. It's electric. Stop. Yeah, the stuff is great. So if he can put it together as a starter, that's why the comp came for Burns. Not necessarily the same pitcher, but that type of like you're talking about a guy who was free in drafts all year, right. for a, a, a waiver wire ad first week to a guy who can be like next level good. I think Peralta has that stuff to do. It. It's just a matter of him putting it together. So yeah, that's why the comp comes for me. One of the reasons why I won my Razball division last year against guys like Todd Zola and and Vlad uh, is because I drafted Corbin Burns in like one of the last rounds. So yes, thank you, Corbin Burns. Uh, I love you. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, I, I feel you, man. Like Peralta could absolutely be that guy. But let's finish things up here, man. I want to have some fun. Guys, uh, guys that were avoiding guys that were targeting in drafts, and I know it's, you know this is like the last hurrah for drafts. You know these last this last week here, so um, we're gonna do one infielder, one outfielder, and one pitcher each. Run through it quick, Mike. You got the floor. Go quick with infield. 
quick doesn't work for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll try. In, infield uh, first. Infield first. A guy that I tend to avoid without even trying. We mentioned Vlad. He's a big one. Can I? I'll just go with Devers. Sure. He's a guy that I just don't. He doesn't fit my team builds ever. Sorry, no. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go easy. Nolan Arenado. I I will have no Nolan Ooh. Arenado as ADP. Okay. Um, I think he's like honestly, if he's two, if he if he's a two seventy hitter with thirty home runs and ninety RBI, that's fine. But where you're drafting him, that skill set doesn't do it for me. Okay. And because you have to remember, cores like before the floor for Arenado was like thirty home runs, hundred RBI, like a hundred and a hundred runs in RBI, and 300 plus bang average you're taking away that floor and making that his ceiling and that's if everything goes right he's looked terrible in spring and i was coming off that shoulder injury that ended his season never had surgery to repair it or anything mm. so the fact that he's coming off that injury says he's fine obviously could be should be but hasn't shown anything in spring and he's also going to st louis where they have one of the i think bottom six ballparks in terms of hitter friendly ballparks according to park factors mm. so you're taking away one of the best power places for his power to be produced at putting him in one of the worst hitters ballparks in baseball and taking away what is course field and coming off a shoulder injury. I'm just not in at the cost. All right. AJ, who are you well, avoiding? Wasn't quick, field? but <laughs> no, I know you're good. AJ. Uh, I'm going to stick with the third base position here and I'm actually going with Anthony Rendon. So his ADP sitting at 28. Now, I mean, obviously I, I, I do think that, Rendon is still a, a very productive four category guy, which is not easy to find. Um, you know, especially when you're batting behind Mike Trout. Well, hello, RBIs. So that's very helpful. Um, but honestly, I think you can get pretty near identical stats and production from a lot of the other third basemen going well after him um you know you're looking at bregman who's only a handful of spots behind him but he also has potential shortstop eligibility depending on your league um arenado who you just completely shat on uh is right there uh devers who you also mentioned before you just took a dump on arenado uh i mean these are all guys that are putting up similar production and you're getting them at much more of a discount um, than an Arenado or I'm sorry, than a Rendon. <clears throat> so that's, that's my vote. All right. So I'm going to go first base and I'm going Luke Voigt. Um, I just feel like he's being severely overdrafted. Uh, I, I, I do like him. And I liked him coming into the season. And then when I saw his ADP, I went, I don't like him anymore. I mean, he's got one super productive full season. And then he's got one. Well, no. So he's got one like mediocre productive per full season. And then he's got one super productive, like 60 game season. It was 2020. And who the hell knows what that means to anybody at this point. So I don't, I'm not drafting him in the top 50. And that's where he's going. Uh, I, I'm passing on him in every single draft, and I'm going after some guys behind him who, and again, I mentioned earlier in, the, in this show, first base is the wasteland after the f- top like six or seven guys. So 
if you pass on Voight, it means you probably pass on some of the guys above him. So you got to go real quick and grab one of the next one or two because that's where it's going. But he's just one of the ones I don't want at that point. I feel like the bottom could fall out real quick on him. So, Mike, over to the outfield. Who's the guy you're avoiding? Eloy Jimenez. I mean, <laughs> all right. Can, obvious. First. Uh, obvious. Even in the uh, 23rd round, F and Eloy. All right. Yeah. 24th um, round. Get it right, AJ. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. All right. No. The guy I'm avoiding, and I've just, I've been out all draft seasons, Randy Rosarania. I love the idea of Randy Rosarania. I love the potential of Randy Rosarania. But I think that's what it is, is an idea and potential. He's a guy that came seemingly out of nowhere, no real prospect pedigree, had decent numbers all through the minors, actually, when you look at him. So I think the power and speed is very much there. Should bet. He's like one of the few guys you can, I think you can count on. I say, I say very, very, you know, with lack of confidence, but someone you can count on to be in the lineup most days for the Rays. In spring, he has no home runs, one stolen base right now. He's kind of having a mediocre spring at best, hitting 250 in the process. (laughs) It's spring training, though, so I don't want to give too much. I just think my big argument is pitchers are going to have time to adjust to him now. They're going to have time to really be ready for him. He's going to, you know, sophomore slumps happen. He had one of the best postseasons like that we can remember. It was fantastic. He broke records. It was was amazing. And that's what's driven his ADP up as much Mm -hmm. as it has. And he's just a guy that I've been willing to, again, pass on. A lot of it is, like, we talked about some of the names going a little later. I just like falling back on those guys more. So Randy Rosarino has been a guy mm-hmm. I've just been avoiding. All right, AJ, what you got outfield? Uh, this may, may come as a shock to everybody on the show and or listening to the show. I'm going with Aaron Judge. Nope. <laughs> I mean, dude, he hasn't had a fully healthy season since 2017. And yes, the power stats are clearly there and very tempting. But for me, the risk is too high for that reward. Um, You know, I'd rather target pretty much every other player that's going around judge in the mid fourth right now. He's got an ADP of 46 when I checked it earlier today. Um, you're looking at again, Devers, who apparently is crap. Uh, Ozuna, okay, yes. you know, whatever. Uh, great lineup and solid team, uh, solid position in that lineup. So, I, I do like Ozuna. I did like Springer, but the grade two we talked about earlier kind of, you know, pushes him down a little bit more. Hell, I'd even go after Snell over an Aaron judge um, or even a real Muto um, a little bit because of, you know, Philly's man crush a little bit because he's the best catcher out there. So why not? Um, But yeah, I mean, you're going to get similar stats with these guys to what judge has put up in the like four to 12 games that he averages the, you know, most of his seasons in the league. So yeah, if you're assuming another shortened season from him, honestly, you mentioned that you don't like Luke Voigt, but I mean, nearly a round later, you can get Voigt compared to Judge and again get similar stats. So, yeah, I would take Voigt over Judge. I don't like, I don't like taking super injury prone players like that, but another yeah. guy, the guy that I'm passing on is Louis Roberts. <clears throat> 
I know he had an amazing season. The home run and steal potential is incredible. The steel set, the skill set is there. Sorry, um, he struggled down the stretch though, like last season. And you know, I, I just I worry about a guy like him. Like the batting average is bad, so like you know the the plate discipline isn't great for him. And so I worry that like if if pitchers really get you know get the inside track on him, that he he's gonna you know the counting stats won't be there, and. And so you're paying a premium for him this year because people are expecting like a 2030 season or, you know, somewhere close to that for him. It's, it's insane. You know, I've seen him go super early and I'm like, no, I'm not taking on that risk uh, right now. So he's a guy that I'm, I'm avoiding big time in drafts. So uh, Mike, your pitcher avoid your pitcher that you're avoiding this season. I will have no Steven Strasburg. <laughs> yes. I just won't. I love it. Uh, I've never he had has- him. I see. I I, I know what Stephen Strasburg can be. I know how great he has been. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about a guy who had what coming off carpal tunnel, which we don't know how that's going to affect him. Which looks like he was able to throw with good velocity, but then he hurts himself again. Does something to his calf, where apparently the doctor says he doesn't need whatever he ruptured in his calf. Something weird, dude. It was the craziest thing I've ever read. I'm like, okay, sure. Calf I don't need no spine. stinking tendons. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like, basically, what happened? Okay, cool. That's what the, that, is it. An he appendix. Must, uh, it's, you know, that's duodenum. That's what people are pretty much saying. It's like the appendix of the calf. That's a thing. Well, I don't yeah. want to find out if that's a thing or not. Or if that's just a yeah, doctor no, mis misdiagnosing. I don't know. My point is, though, is that was like I'm done. I'm not gonna. I got, Salzburg can be fantastic. We know that, but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it, man. I'm not doing it. What if the carpal tunnel is an issue that resurfaces? I don't know. And then, then you throw in the fact that the guy is always hurt anyway. Right. Yeah. His entire career has been injury plagued. Like I'm done with this guy. I've been done with this guy forever. And I, I it's funny because we live near Washington. So we live near DC, both AJ and I. And uh, well, I do more now than you, AJ, but still I live, I work in DC or yes. work in DC. And so, I have all these NAS fans, and they're like, oh, Strasburg, this Strasburg. I'm like, the guy's going to get hurt for half the season. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, told you so. Do you even <laughs> watch baseball, bro? <laughs> like, what are you guys talking about? So, yeah. Anyway. When I, you're I, not, I, like, I in a World totally. Series for the first time, uh, do you even watch it? No. Yeah, I feel um, you totally. He had that yeah. great run in the pro season to get the World Series. So, he did. Yeah, congrats. He did. Fine, great. All right, AJ, who's your pitcher that you're avoiding? Josh Hader. I am a hater of hater now, drinking on the ADP fifty hater haterade. Hater still an elite option, top tier relief pitcher, closer, whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> I talked about it the other week. His over usage the past few years has led to a clearly visible production drop. Um, you know. Overall, okay, maybe it's a little bit minor, but it's something. It's something to look at. And with a position that's as flimsy as, you know, a a calf appendix, apparently, that is unnecessary and will require Tommy John surgery at some point, I don't want anything to do with Hayter this year at 58. Plus, you have the closer heir apparent known as Devin Williams, who's right there. Um, so I, I would much rather 
see time. You just had somebody break into your cell. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I just I love noticed. it. Uh, <laughs> that was my oldest son, by the way. <laughs> I I just sort of ignored that. Good job. Yeah, I, I, I muted my mic and everything, trying to be respectful. Like, let him sneak in, get his stuff, sneak out. No, you pointed it out, so we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Listen, I, I bring I bring I bring a plus one anytime anytime a plus I one show, anytime plus you get one. the chance. That's cool. I mean, yeah. we already had your wife. Now you got yeah. your oldest son. This is like it's a family a, adventure. We're good. A family, a family affair, <laughs> this man. This is a yeah. weird fucking prison that you live in, man. I, well, I have you seen, haven't you seen Narcos? No. No. Pablo Escobar like owned a prison where his family can come visit him. Wow. So yeah. yes, like that's my goal. Like <laughs> yeah. it's it was a it was a good show. It's, honestly, if you have Netflix and have time yeah. to watch it, I mean, I, I, I don't mean it's on my it's on my list. I don't mean to I don't mean to spoil the ending, but. Pablo Escobar dies, man. Can, I know can it's crazy. I, can I meet you? Oh, okay. I mean, the jeez, man. I, I didn't. Dude, know. I'm sorry. Sorry. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, my bear ball at you if I was because you know because you know it's not well known. It's not well documented. He was killed, but, <laughs> but it, 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 just sorry, sorry. He doesn't get away with it. Like you might root for him, but all right. All right. So I'm gonna no finish up here. I'm going Trevor Bauer. Like I get this guy is like supremely talented, but like I, I'm worried about the fact that he's only had. Two seasons out of eight where he's finished under a four ERA. Something's this guy just seems a little off to me. Like, I don't know what he does, but like his ADP is way too high for me to trust the fact that he's going to stay under two or under three ERA. Like, you know, in the low two ERAs with the strikeouts will be there, but I, I, that's, that's really my only worry with this guy is just, so I'll take the Darvish over him. I, you know, I'll take the Beaver over him and things like that. And I just Bauer just drops down my list because I just worry that he's going to go. Oh well, I'm not on a contract year, and so I can just play around like pitching with one eye in the first spring training game. Like, get the hell out of here! That's what I was doing <laughs> right here. Which one? Which one am I throwing at you? Huh? Left, strike, right, left, ball, right, curve, the problem right. Is throwing the ball. I don't know. I can't pro- see. Yeah, that's the Somebody issue. Quick, dodger me. Dodger me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bauer. I would, yeah. I would, you're never, Dog. ever, ever going to live up to Jack Bauer standards. So just go to hell. Jack Bauer. What, are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Spring training players Pitch that we for are 24 hours straight. Targeting. As a little clock ticks down. <laughs> Yeah, AJ's in full 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 swing mode now that we're over an hour and a half, which is fantastic because it means he talks a lot. So, uh, players that we're targeting infielder, uh, who you got, Mike? Um, Eloy Jimenez. No, um, that's not in the right position. They're moving him to short. <laughs> yeah, well, he can't throw with a torn pec. Um, that's his shoulder's problem, or it's a shoulder, whatever it was that he ended know, up having. Um, infield, I, I it didn't. Is I wish I came prepared with the infielder. Um, hold on, I'm looking at ADP. I'll give you one in a second. <laughs> um, well, Ty France is a cheap answer, but he's a guy that. Well, no, we talked about a lot of my guys. Mankata. Why don't we take a second? AJ, AJ, you go. All right, fine. I'll go. Fine. Put you on the spot. You already. Prepared. Mike oh. Mustakas. You guys mean fun of me for trying to talk about him on the show when we were doing the draft prep. So, you know what? Yeah. Go ahead, though. <laughs> go ahead, though. Eloy. No, no, you're good. You're good. I'm down, Eloy. No, you're, uh, good. you're You're gonna hurt yourself. Good, all right, you're good, Qu- climbing the fence. Y- you couldn't have caught it anyways. All right, sixteen feet <laughs> he past the he fence. He couldn't, uh, which was stupid. Anyway, go, jackass. 
All right. Well, <laughs> clearly we have talked about Mustakas, mostly you, according to you. Um, but he holds first base, second base, third base eligibility in Yahoo and fan tracks, first and second in ESPN leagues. You know, look, yeah, he's older than dirt. Um, it sounds like he might regain third base in every league. Uh, but the power is unquestioned. Yeah, the runs probably going to suffer because, you know, he plays on Cincinnati's uh, baseball team and uh, they still have one of those. Um, I They don't score a lot of runs, so he will also not score a lot of runs because of that. Uh, his average, well, to put it bluntly, it's average enough. I mean, it's not going to crush you but it's not necessarily going to help you because it's an average average, but you don't hmm. care for that at 116. You're not chasing average when you're drafting your player at 116. <laughs> if you are, guess what? You're also doing this wrong. Stop. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he, he's got power. He's got RBIs. He's got probably a mustache or should because his name sounds like mustache. Um, I mean, what, what what's not to like here as a late ninth, early 10th round pick to shore up your corner infield and middle infield slots all with one player, especially when you play in a league that you don't have those roster spots. Utility. I love it. Boom. I love it. I love it. I love it. And he's my starting second baseman in our league because I pass all the freaking second baseman. Such a fucking gloating Gary over here. Hell yes. Is that that a thing? Yeah. I don't know. Gloating Gary? Gloating Gary. I've never heard it. Hey, by the way, do you see this comment? No. What's up with the blank blank wall, Curland? Oh, I saw it. I started laughing. Yeah, I laughed. I wrote back and said he's in prison tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm live from Alcatraz, (laughs) man. Live from from Alcatraz. I love it. All right, Mike, are you ready with yours or should I go with mine? Well, it's just the same names, man. I, I hate to do it, but like Ketel Marte is a guy I love. Yeah, the exit velocity. Well, the exit velocity is there. He, he was going to regress coming off of 2019, mm-hmm. but he's a guy that he's going to bring multi-positional eligibility, second base and outfield. Sure. He's a guy that's going to give you a little bit of power, a little bit of speed, batting average. He's kind of giving you all that. Plus, we talk about second base being kind of terrible. Well. Yeah. He get, he gets to be plugged in right there. So he's a guy that I tend to find myself really targeting in drafts. And we're seeing him crush home runs in spring. Health can be a, a bit of a question mark, but he is absolutely crushing. Like the like his, he has exit velocities like over one fourteen, which is like a, like as good as it gets. It's top, I think he has like one or two in the top ten overall in uh, in spring. So over in general, like Ketel Marte is a guy, and we I have a bet with Justin Mason. I have Ketel Marte. Careful with he, that. He has Keston Hira. And we're going to go off the Razzball Player Raider. Huh? Winner or loser has to wear a one piece on a live stream. His I one mean, piece. You, His you, know, you, you know, you just bet a guy that wears a one piece like daily to but wear a one piece. So, like, is this really a bet for him? <laughs> it's. It was the first thing that came to mind. The that win win for him. <laughs> I think, I think like, it's a win win for all easy. of us. Well, here's the thing. He's one, he's taking a picture and posted on Twitter, but yes. to, to have to live it and do it on a live stream, I think there's a little added something. I don't 
don't know about that. But in all seriousness, I feel like he has no shame. This not I, I have no but shame either. So right. part of me is hoping I lose. <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, this was <laughs> this was really so, this was self-serving. No, oh, but that's, that's um, awesome. I, it was the first thing that came to my mind, and he kind of laughed. He's like, "Sure, like he doesn't care." And I don't. No, care. not my at thing all. Is, I don't care either. So I think it'll be. It's gonna be. Make, it'll make for great. What thirty minutes of internet fun? Yeah, and forever. You guys are like. I, I hope somebody makes a gif. You, be you the first both are like gif magic. I've wasted on the way. internet watching. Um, so. <laughs> all right Listen, so so my uh, of, man, of me this this man in a in a one one piece a giant one piece oh yeah no, that's no. The, that's, that's are, must see tv to d- d- define one piece oh it's like is it's this, like a wrestler it's like a one piece it's like, it's like a wrestler like, it's like a swimsuit one piece, one piece. like a yes. legit like like a, like a lady's swimsuit one piece Okay, so a wrestler's one piece is called no, no. a singlet, Joe. They basically are. It really is. Yeah, that's what that's basically Let what Justin Mason wore. That orange, that orange singlet one piece thing that he has with his face on the front. That's like a wrestler yeah. one piece. That's basically I what wish, he has. Okay. All right. While you're looking for Whatever. it, I'm going to give my infielder uh, here. Here, let's see. Mine is, mine is Paul Goldschmidt. I know you just shat on Arenado, but I feel like he's going to make enough of a difference for Goldschmidt to like bounce there back is, just slightly. And um, Where? Where? Uh, I'll, oh, I'll, throw, I'll, I'll throw it up in a second. Um, <laughs> so I feel like, you All know, right, first base is one of those. I agree with you on Goldschmidt. First base is one of those positions where, like, if you don't get one of the, it, just like second base, like where if you don't get one of the top end guys, like you struggle filling it out. And, Goldschmidt's one of the last guys that I'm comfortable drafting and he's going at a value in my opinion, because I think he's going to bounce back a little bit with a little bit of line of protection. I don't think Aaron is going to be as bad as you think, but I don't think he's going to be anywhere near where he was in Colorado. Uh, so I like him a lot. And, you know, if you miss on him, you're, you're having to go with guys like Dom Smith and Muncie and Josh Bell and, uh, no, not at all. So, uh, do I really want to show this? We'll, we'll, here, screw it. We'll, we'll go for it. Yes. Uh, I, I've never put this in here. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> There's Tony, the wrestling nice. singlet, man. That's not so, a yeah. singlet. That is a that is a one piece bathing suit. That what I told you, man, it's a singlet. <laughs> so yeah, that no. is uh, that is exactly not what one of us will be wearing on a live stream. Oh, good lord! All right, outfield, Mike. <laughs> Who you who you avoiding or who you, you asked for Sorry. this? You brought me on. You asked for this. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you bring... people wonder why I eat erasable pens. <laughs> <laughs> right. I am the I am the, the part of the problem there. I'm part of the cause. All right, outfielder. Um, like another uh, Franchi Cordero is a guy I was getting a lot of, but that was before COVID. So uh-huh. I don't want to go. For, and I talked about a lot about Franchi. Grisham's a guy I've been a lot in on now. I'm. I'm Buying time, obviously. Um, <laughs> a guy that I don't, I don't see. There's just so many, man. I'll feel this. We talk about this. You know, a guy that I've been in on a lot lately, Jared Kelnick. I'm just taking my shot on him in drafts. Yeah. I finally got my share of him. Kelnick's a guy that I just, I want to just take a chance. We talk, like, I build a Even team. Even with the you, injury, you're not worried about well, that? He, he's he's back and he's playing. So, Is he? Right. yeah. It's just there's service time manipulation. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. I guess that's what I meant to say. Sorry, I, I don't know why that injury. I knew he had the injury, but yeah, the, the playing time thing is gonna screw. He, him. He's gonna probably miss the first few weeks of the season. So when I knowing I want him in drafts and I'm targeting him, I'm targeting him, 
targeting him heavily and uh, with like conviction down this down the stretch here. I'm building for him. And what I mean by that is I'm building a solid base, a solid foundation of stats across the board. So I can take on waiting for Jared Kelnick. And it goes back to pairing him with another guy. I'll give two for one here. I'll take Cedric Mullins. He's a guy that we talked about a little bit, so I'll spend time mm. on him. But leading off speed, give me that. I think he'll do that for two to three weeks at least. Yeah. So you give me Mullins. Then you can drop two, him. <laughs> and then you can drop him because I have Kelnick coming up or just keep him on the bench for depth because I play in deeper leagues. Whatever it might be, it doesn't matter. My point is, is there's a replacement value there. And Kelnick's a guy I just want to take a shot on. I didn't get a lot of early share, so I'm paying the price now to get him now. But I'm, you have to build for him. You can't just take him if you're taking a whole bunch of upside up and down the draft. So he's a guy that, again, you build for, but if you build for him, I think there's a lot of potential there because outfield is so easy to replace later on. It is. AJ, who you got? All right, well, I'm going to go a little off script here. I'm going to stick with the Reds and go with the Randy Rosarina before he was Randy Rosarina, guy who paved the way for him, and that is uh, Aristides Aquino. What? Uh, the guy had uh, 19 home runs in 2019. No, wrong. <laughs> He's gone. So I, again, say, I don't think that guy's the way this year <laughs> of the, the yellow brick road of disappointment for uh, a Rosarina. So have fun on that path. I'm going with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. ADP of 85. I mean, I love this guy's upside, his ability to help you in all five standard categories. Thanks to being part of a very solid mm-hmm. and young lineup filled with Vlad's and Bichette's. Uh, would you uh, call me? <laughs> look, jail cell, just calm down and don't ever interrupt me again. All right, you just got nicknamed. Um, <laughs> nice. we were granted he's projected to bat sixth right now, so the bats, you know, the, the loss of it bats will, will help you know suffer in his uh counting stats a little bit, but. He also still holds second base eligibility in Yahoo leagues, maybe some others, but uh, obviously he's not really going to be playing second, but he's a hell of a person to plug into your second base spot. Um, if you miss on it, like Joe missed on it um, and also missed on that Eloy pick. Uh, so that's huge. I mean, that, that that's huge. Second base is pretty much the weakest position this season in my opinion yeah i agree uh so my outfielder is tommy fam i'm buying fully into this bounce back if his days where he was 2020 i know he was bad last season i'm not really you know i'm not really buying into that here he started over 17 to start the spring so i was really worried when i bought into him in tgfbi and i was like oh no but he's gone 12 for 23 cents two home runs his ADP still really hasn't climbed a whole lot, so I, I, I love the value you can get for him, so I, I'm targeting him big time. Mike, let's finish it off here with the pitchers. Who are you targeting? targeting? I actually have a name ready. Nice. Uh, he's, he's a guy that is 100% roster on all my NFBC drafts, so it gives you an idea of how much I believe in him. It's Aaron Savale. Right. Doubling down on Aaron Savale this year. I was in on him last year, like came it. up a little bit short. But he's a guy that I just I think he has a realistic upside of being your SP3 with an SP5 price tag. That's how I've been marketing him. I think there's actually a ceiling for more, but I think fair expectations 
is that he could be your SP3 without, and again, with SP5 price tag. Mm-hmm. He changes arm action. He's having a good spring. He has the pitch mix. He has the command and control, which I'm big, I'm big on. And then you have a team in the Indians who like to pitch their guys deep into games. So Savali is very much a guy that I'm just going to go ahead and take my shot on. The price is right. The yeah. te- Usually he fits my uh, team builds well. So, yeah, give me all the Aaron Savali. Literally, give him, I have him on almost every team. Yeah. Even, my, okay. even my home leagues. Like I, I, it's pretty, I'm pretty much all in on him because, again, costs nothing to do it. Go, cool. AJ, who are you targeting in, in, in your interesting, leagues? Interesting that the, the guy in his own prison, um, shout out Creed, uh, likes to uh, follow somebody with some control. All right. Uh, Jack Flaherty, I'm going with uh, ADP 30. All right. Yeah, pretty high. But take away the nine earned run, three inning yeah. outing he had at Milwaukee uh, last uh, September 15th. And he had a pretty impressive season mm-hmm. last year. Uh, he had a 313 ERA, a 104 whip in those eight other starts, uh, which was 37 and a third innings pitched. His K rate did drop slightly last year from uh, 29.999999, repeating not quite 30, to a 28.82. Granted, he still had six strikeouts in that abysmal start. So that's what helped him keep that 2882. Um, his walk rate did increase <clears throat> from uh, 7.1 up to 9.4 last year from 19. But look, he's still a top option, in my opinion. And I would gladly take him to anchor my pitching staff. If I miss on a Cole or a DeGrom in the first round um, and, and start building, you know, with position players, um, probably outfield. I hear outfield is really good to take early, um, specifically from the two of you on this show. Oh, wait, no, no, that was, <laughs> that was another podcast. Are you listening one. to me? Jeez. Another podcast. I never yeah. listen to you. Get the, of course you don't. Here. Jesus Christ. Especially when I say shut up and let me move on. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No, <laughs> I agree with you on the Flaherty pick. He's actually been my first pitcher in a couple leagues because I have waited, as I mentioned, I've done before. My pick though is Charlie Martin. Um, like it's probably the way I've been drafting, but I've seen to get him in a bunch of leagues. Uh, because I have been going hitting a little earlier. I might get like one or two, like maybe one of the top fifteen guys early, like a Flaherty. Uh, but I haven't like loaded up on pitching early. I've been I've been waiting to get a lot of those like middle tier guys. And Charlie Martin seems to be a guy who, to me, is going underdrafted. You know, I know last year wasn't good, but you guys forget that, or at least it seems to be forgotten that he was dealing with injuries. Um, and so you know he was dealing with his shoulder injury, and once he returned, he got his velocity back up. He was a monster in the in in the in the postseason and stuff like that. So I think he's got the track record of being a, a near elite pitcher. And him going at an ADP of around 114 just seems crazy to me. So I'm buy, buy, buy on him every day. And if he goes around that time, I'm probably grabbing him a round or so early. Um, but anyway, man, uh, that is it for the show. Mike, before we let you drop out here, I want to let you uh, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. Prison. Man. 
Oh, <laughs> I mean, you can't because you can't go online. Just if you cl- um, if you take collect calls, I'm your guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I appreciate it. Netflix Sorry. shows. This is a collect call from Mike Curland. <laughs> from yeah, the state of Pennsylvania. I, I will have a documentary <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> uh, I was innocent. All right, <laughs> you can find me on yeah, Twitter. So Mike underscore, yeah, well, we're buddies. <laughs> we have the same oh, lawyer. No. <laughs> all right oh uh, i mean what i can't be friends with, gosh man yeah you guys are you know what you're judging me i don't like he, he's me. he's a great <laughs> connection for some laughing. sports memorabilia if you live yes. in vegas or yes. buffalo or anywhere that murders happen oh wait <laughs> I, I hear he has a real grasp on the situation yeah well that, that, that's a that's a pun because the whole glove thing anyway um i'm really glove i'm really bad fit. at that you yeah. have to quit. <laughs> I'm really bad with dad jokes. Don't mind me. All right. That's part of the perk of following me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. I appreciate you having me on uh, the host, host of the bases loaded pod, the lineup stuff. If you're interested in checking out the chart, it highlights everything notes. It's, it's a lot. Um, It's pinned to my Twitter. You can find Fantastic. it there. It's a, it's, a, it's a Google doc. I really, I, I, the support for it has been crazy. So it's like, honest, I'm super proud of it. I'm just, a little late so i don't feel like going too much into it but in all seriousness i appreciate you having me on guys it was a lot of fun as always yeah man uh good good talking yeah long show but like a lot of good information man like you know this Sorry. is one, no this is no it's not your fault this is one of our longer shows every single year because it's kind of like it's, it's like the big wrap-up of the spring and like you know we go into like division previews or in the past we've done position previews so like we got we really focused on those and this is the time where we finally get into like all the ins and outs of like what's been going on and so it's good to have somebody like you on who's been really like uh focusing in on tune. all of that in tune to everything exactly. on the pulse uh you know i've been i've been doing the best i can uh but you are way more on it than i am so it's great to have you on and uh i want to make sure we we, uh keep in contact and get you on again this season man it's it's been good so yeah um, absolutely so with that said we're gonna let you bounce and aj and i are gonna say our our goodbyes and uh we will we will talk to you later man take it easy man thank you for having me Have, have a good one guys cheers all right, AJ. Um, that's all we got, man. Yeah, it's a near two-hour show, but it was a good one, man. So cheers to the whole draft season shows. Next Thursday, we're doing our opening day fun show. Let's have fun with that, man. We'll have a few more beers and just kind of chill back and do our overreactions to all the home runs and you know and, and bad pitching performances that happen on, on opening day because you know that's what we do. So, all right, man. Peace out. We will uh, see you all next week. Yeah.